What is going on guys? Welcome back to Gangrene Talk. I'm your host, Nick Monjovi. Hope you guys are doing well. This is episode 24, I believe. Um, not much going on, but last night, um, I'm recording this on Monday morning at 1.14 in the morning. So July 9th at night, I saw some Zach Wilson drama that's pretty interesting. It's kind of funny, but kind of messed up at the same time. So we'll get into that. Got some Makai Becton news that isn't good. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Not much going on. And I'm thinking maybe we'll start getting into fantasy football this episode. Um, I, re I mean, I'm really into fantasy. I follow it basically from July, sometimes June, through January. So I'm a huge fantasy football guy. So if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, DM me at gangreen.capital on Instagram if you want some fantasy news. So fantasy help. But let's get into it. Um, let's start with the Makai Becton thing first. Uh, Dan Graziano went on Greeny to talk about Zach Wilson's year two leap. And he was asked what, what the players surrounding Wilson must do in order to turn this team in the right direction. And he brought up offensive tackle Makai Becton. Um, he's been battling injuries his entire career. And this offseason, he hasn't been able to drop the weight he put on. This team is extremely frustrated and... In quotes from Dan Graziano, don't know what to do at this point. He also mentioned on the on the Can't Wait podcast how Becton's pushing 400 pounds. They just want him in the threes. Low threes probably, I think they want. Maybe 320, 330. I'm not sure what the exact number is, but 400 pounds. That's ridiculous. With a guy with that size, six foot seven, he, and it plays offensive tackle, his knees are gonna give out. They're gonna snap, uh, snap right under him, like a piece of celery. You can't have that. He's six foot seven, four hundred pounds. And I said it. I wrote it in my notes basically what we've seen from Makai Becton. I've been talking about this for quite some time. Order of Becton's 2021. September 16th, Makai Becton will undergo surgery to repair his knee. He is out four to eight weeks. Week one just happened. That was the Monday or Tuesday after week one. He's original report, he's out four to eight weeks. He will undergo surgery to repair his knee. Then we don't hear anything until February 1st. And then I talked about it on the fourth episode of Gangrene Talk, this podcast. I talked about the competition between him and Fant, and everyone called me crazy. But, according to Connor J. Hughes, it was Fant's job to lose, but it's not Betton's job. Referring to left tackle. That's the last thing that we heard. That's the last thing I talked about as of February 1st on the podcast. But I put the podcast out on the 4th or something like that. I don't know, but it was the fourth episode. And it was, Salak said that it was Fant's jobs to, lo jobs to lose, and then it's not Becton's job as soon as he, come back, as soon as he comes back. 
And everyone's like, no, it's Becton's job. You're an idiot. I can't believe that you're a Becton hater. You're a Jets fan. You don't want Makai Becton to play well. You don't want him to do good. You want him to prove the haters wrong. Believe me. Everything I'm about to say, I hope switches and Becton loses the weight, shows up to training camp in, what, two weeks, a week, week and a half, and shows that he's ready to go. But with you weighing 400 fucking pounds, there's no shot. There's no shot in hell that he's going to get uh, uh get to the weight that, that they want him at. Then again, after February 1st, don't hear anything again until April 4th. Dame Brugler said, he's a writer for, I forget what network, but said that there are plenty of people around the league that truly believe that Beckton will never put a Jets jersey on again, and that an offensive tackle at 4 or 10 in the draft was possible. I th I think that was real. Because I truly think if Sauce Gardner was taken 1-3, through three, we were either trading out of 4 or drafting Icky Iguana. I think that was it. Or Evan Neal, whatever. I think they were taking offensive linemen at 4. And I don't think they were looking back. I think they were going to move on from Beckton, maybe trade him during the draft. We don't know. But I think Beckton wouldn't be a Jet. Um, these things didn't happen. Meaning, 4th overall pick or the 10th overall pick was an offensive tackle. But the first part of that is still possible. That Beckton may not ever put on a Jet jersey ever again. It's very, very possible. Then on June 6th, about a month ago, he came back to minicamp after having his first child. Congrats to him. But he's not participating, and he's the biggest we've ever seen him. It's like he didn't even try during his rehab, which we know. He didn't try. He gained a shit ton of weight. And he's wearing that shirt that's like fat, slow, whatever the fuck it says on his shirt. That stupid shirt to prove the haters wrong. How about you put the donuts away? And... You hop on a treadmill because you're ridiculously fat. And we can't have that. We can't have an out-of-shape left tackle protecting Zach Olsen's blind side on every play. We can't have it. So George Fant is going to play left tackle, probably. Now, but what are we going to do with you, Beckton? Oh, no. Are you going to play right tackle? Are you going to play guard? And we'll move Lincoln Thompson or AVT outside? We, we, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Personally, I don't know. If, I don't think he's gonna play ever again as a New York Jet. Now this week, Dan Raziano, like I mentioned before, went on Can't Wait podcast, said Benton's pushing 400 pounds. This is the biggest we've ever seen him. Uh, and st it's starting to really look like I was right all along when I mentioned on February 1st, when when the fourth episode of Gangrene Talk came out. Now we're 20 episodes later, and we're still talking about it. About how he's fat. and He's just insanely overweight. And just insanely out of shape. I, I just don't think he's committed to playing football. I really think that's it. Um, they're just not, He's just not listening to what coaches are asking, asking of him. And yeah, I saw him working out on videos or whatever. But like a week ago on the 4th of July. But Jesus Christ, he is ginormous. And not in a good way either. Makai Becton, if this somehow reaches you, please lose weight. 
Please get in shape. I know it's going to be almost impossible to be in shape by the time training camp starts, but at least by the middle of August. I want to see you in shape. I want to see you on that offensive line. I want to see you at left tackle because we could have taken Tristan Wirfs at 13 that year, and we didn't. We took you in your and that was a huge, huge part of that draft. And I wouldn't say Joe Douglas messed it up because it's not his fault. It's his fault because he's not committed to playing football. How is Joe Douglas supposed to, to know that? He was probably, I mean, we couldn't take Wills, Jedrick Wills, who went to the Browns ahead of us. And we couldn't take Andrew Thomas because he went fourth overall, whatever the hell it was, the Giants, terrible pick. But it's between him and Wirfs, the two guys that we could have taken. And Tristan Wirfs is the one of the best offensive tackles in the league. So, yeah, I think we could have taken him. But Beckton showed some promise after his rookie year. But it's these injuries that have killed him. And um, he's just got to listen fucking late. He's so big. I, I can't believe he's as fat as he is. But let's move on to something a little funnier. Um, Zach Wilson in the news. Not for anything good, not for anything bad, but is what it is. Zach Wilson and his girlfriend broke up in January, and why does this matter? It doesn't really, but I'm here for the drama. It's news. Let's talk about it. He broke up with his girlfriend in January, um, and then Dats Milne might be a uh, familiar name you may have heard if you followed the draft in 2021 and any BYU football prior to the 2021 draft he was Zach Wilson's number one receiver at BYU the year that they got drafted um he was his best friend and I believe he was his roommate as well and he's also a wide receiver on the Washington Commanders he posted a picture on Instagram two days ago day ago whatever of him and his girlfriend. Now, who is his girlfriend, you may ask? Oh, that's Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend. That is correct. His his, his, his Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend has homie hopped, which, honestly, it's okay for her. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, they, her and Zach broke up is what it is. But that's Millen, bro. What are you doing? That's bro code, bro. You can't be dating your best friend's ex-girlfriend that's messed up you can't do that there's a bro code with that that's just messed up it really is but um apparently zach which is actually the, the biggest scumbag out of all the players out of all the people involved in this but i don't care he's my quarterback he reportedly slept with his mom's best friend or mom's friend his mom's friend absolute baller move Zach and apparently he cheated on his girlfriend that's why they broke up I don't know that's pretty messed up but hey that's my quarterback um MVP season loading incoming 40 touchdowns no pit season throw those but the pit season's coming if he's gonna do ball or shit like that not the cheating part um I just think it's kind of funny. That was something to look at. See, look at last night. I honestly thought it wasn't real when I first saw it. So yeah, Dad's Milne posted on Instagram, 
And then before he took it down, someone got a screenshot of someone commenting that his ex-girlfriend homie hopped. And then she's like, well, he slept with his mom's friend, her best friend, whatever. So that's kind of messed up. And he cheated on me, whatever. Something along those lines, which is 100% messed up. But good for Zach. Good for Zach. In the media for something not terrible. I mean, I mean, it. no one really cares about his love life. No, no one gives a shit. Everyone just cares how he's going to play on the field. Let's be honest. Maybe his family. His family cares about his love life. But as Jets fans, no one gives a shit. I don't care. I really don't. He could have cheated on her 15 times, and that wouldn't change how I look at him as a football player. At all. I just want him to be successful as a New York Jet, and don't get suspended for anything you may or may not do. That's all I ask. Anything else since I last uploaded a podcast about two weeks ago um that was on june 23rd um oh bretson barrios recently said that he that getting released by the new england patriots was the best thing that could have ever happened to his career i posted on june 30th on gangreen.capital internet and i truly believe that he wasn't getting the opportunity that these that he's got with the, that he has with the Jets and he had with New England, and eventually the Jets were able to carve out a role for him as punt returner, kick returner. Then when injuries came to the offense at wide receiver like Jameson Crowder and Elijah Moore, he stepped up at wide receiver and became a nice safety blanket for Zach this past year. And then he got into the Pro Bowl as a Kick returner, punt returner, and he was an all pro. So, I mean, he really carved out a role and he earned himself a contract worth about five, five and a half million dollars a year for three years. So, I mean, he really turned himself into a nice little player. I wouldn't say he's the best receiver in the world, but he's a nice little player, nice little gadget guy, and I like it. Um, there's talks around their mini camp that he, there's a possibility that he wins the slot receiver job. I don't care who wins it. I don't care. I just want the receiving core to be really good. I don't care who it ends up being. It could be Jeff Smith, Bratson Barrios, and Denzel Mims. And we never see anything again from Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, or Garrett Wilson just sucks. I don't care who the all-pro, pro bowl receivers are. I don't care who they are. I don't care what the names are. I just want them to be good. Am I rooting for Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis? Yes. I'm rooting for all of them. As a fan, I'm rooting for all of them. But at the end of the day, I don't care who our star receivers are. I don't care who our quarterback is. I want it to be Zach. But if it's Mike White or in four years, it's Arch Manning. With the first overall pick, New York Jets select Arch Manning in the 2025 20, NFL, whatever draft that is. I don't care who it is at the end of the day. But I'm obviously rooting for the guys that we have. Um, also, pro football... Focus. Sorry. Pro Football Focus ranks the Jets secondary as top, as the tenth best secondary in the AFC. Now, ask yourself, asking me like sitting there like, Nick, there's only sixteen teams in the AFC. That's really not that good. It's bottom half. I know it is. But why that's high praise, as I said in the post. It's because they were historically bad last year. Historically bad. 
giving up the most yards per game, most points per game. Like, it was ridiculous. So, that's why it's high praise. Now, they're putting us top 10, but a lot of these guys haven't even played a snap together yet, which is kind of concerning. I don't. I think they're just taking a shot in the dark here to try to get views and clicks and whatever lights, a following some engagement there. I think that's really what they're doing here, because the potential for the secondary is through the roof. But I wouldn't put them top ten in the AFC right now. I mean, I don't remember who else was in it. I'm gonna be honest. I would have to look at that. Let me. I'm gonna try to find it. Actually, secondary. This was posted a while ago. Posted in June. Come on, where is it? Secondary, secondary, secondary. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, uh, I can't find it. Oh, they posted a Wilson to Wilson video. Damn. Thanks, guys. I can't find it, but hold on. Harry Berman might have posted it. If you don't know him, he runs New York Jets Network on Instagram. He definitely posted it. I just gotta find it. He one hundred percent posted it. Oh shit! 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 Oh, I can't find it. It's here somewhere. Most they're a top five most improved team according to Brian Diardo. I don't know what that is, but assuming works for like NFL Network or some shit. But he's one of the he ranked the Jets as there. I mean, I guess I would I would hope so because they added a lot of different things, but I can't find the secondary one, whatever, it's not, it's really not that important, honestly, because it doesn't really mean anything, it's someone just ranking, whatever, something cool to talk about, um, also, since my last episode, CJ Mosley says, playoffs are a realistic goal for the Jets this season, I got a lot of backlash for this, because of what I said after this, what I said was, Obviously, that's the goal every year, but for him to say that it's realistic might be a stretch, but what else do you want him to say? He, he's one of the captains of this team. I know he's a, at practice every day, but what are the chances that a team that just won four games the year before ends up in the playoffs the year after? I'm rooting for it, though. Don't get me wrong. Now, everyone is still believing that the Jets can be the Nets, bang, the Bengals of this past year. Now... If you compare the two rosters heading into the year from both the Bengals and the Jets, the Bengals' offense and roster is significantly better than the Jets. It's just not even close. Quarterback, they're better. Basically, everywhere on offense, they're better besides probably offensive line to start the year. Quarterback, running back, all their wide receivers. All of them. Then you go on the defensive side of the ball. Secondary, probably not. Honestly, safeties, yes. Linebackers, yeah, probably, because we only have one. 
And defensive line, no. Head coach, yeah, Zach Taylor's a phenomenal head coach. We don't know what Salah is right now. But if you so that that that's that's one thing. Two, the AFC last year wasn't bad by any means, but it's significantly better this year. It's actually ridiculous how good it is. And it's a shame that ten teams don't get in because only seven get in. And there's gonna be some really, really good teams that don't get in. Teams that are ten and seven. Probably gonna be three of them, honestly. They're ten and seven that don't get in because of tiebreakers. It is what it is. That's how good the AFC is. AFC is, not AFC East. AFC is. So, all of you that are like, oh, the Niners did it a couple years ago when they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They went 4-12 and the year before, and then they went to the Super Bowl. Okay, look at that roster, too. Outside of Jimmy Garoppolo, um, first, Kyle Shanahan's genius. Offense was really good. Very good at running the ball. They had an identity. He was running the ball. And, and getting to the quarterback. I know that's, that's what the Jets are going to try to recreate, but I, I don't see it happening right now. Um, that defensive line was ferocious. Secondary was great. Linebackers were great. That defense was so good. We're not even close to that. So, I got a lot of backlash for that. And honestly, I don't blame people for doing it. But you gotta be realistic here. At the end of the day, this is the New York Jets. We're known for just fucking everything up. Just fucking it all up. And I know everyone wants to be optimistic here and really believe in what we're doing and I and I and I'm and I believe it. I'm along for the ride. I'm I've bought it I've bought into the plan or whatever they got going on. I've I bought into it. But at the end of the day, if they're if the player is asked the question what is your realistic goal for the year? What do you want them to say? Ah, uh, this team's not ready to win any important games. Probably like 7 and 10. No. Fuck no. They're not going to say that. They're going to say playoffs is realistic. That's always the goal. Playoffs is always the goal. Super Bowl's the, the, the big goal for everyone. But playoffs is always the goal. Obviously. No shit. You want to be playing meaningful games in December and January. If you're playing meaningful games in January, that means you're in the playoffs. You're one of the seven. So, yeah, I know that's the big goal. But a realistic goal is 3-3 three and three in your division. Like, division record, 3-3. Three and three, And about 8-9, 9-8. That's the realistic goal, I would say. And then year three of... This coaching staff and this quarterback putting it all together and going to the playoffs next year. Not this year. That's a realistic goal. So everyone out there that says they can do it, I'd hit the brakes a little bit on that. I know we're all gas, no brake, but I'd hit the brakes the brakes on that for sure. And then before that, Zach Wilson was one of three quarterbacks at tight end U. Josh Allen, Zach Wilson, and C.J. Beathard. Lots of good tight ends there. Zach and look, Zach looking beefy. He's got big. His legs look bigger. His chest looks bigger. His arms look. He just looks like a bigger kid, and that's huge. Honestly, that's huge. Um, and yeah, that was basically it for Jets news since that since our last pod. 
And I guess fantasy-wise, I'll get into it a little bit. I'll give you my PP, full point PPR rankings. Because I love fantasy football. Can't get enough of it. I got, I'm in three leagues this year. I was in four or five last year. That was atrocious. I'm never doing that again. That was really hard. I just couldn't manage them all. Um, let me find it. Let me find this spreadsheet. Fantasy football PPR rankings 2022. Point per reception is PPR if you didn't know that. I'm going to go down the list. This is for four to six point passing touchdowns, six point receiving and rushing touchdowns. You know, the whole, whole nine yards, the regular, and one point per reception. And a tenth of a point for every yard or one point for every ten yards, whichever way you want to look at it. But my leads do a, a tenth of a point for every yard, receiving and rushing. So is that. And I believe it's every 25 passing yards is a point or every 20. I forget what the number is, but something about something along those lines. I'm sure your leads, if you play fantasy, are about the same. Um, I don't know how much information I want to give out because my friends listen to this. And I'm in the leads with them. I don't really want to give them the guys that I like. But we'll see how fantasy talk does the first this first episode we'll see if you guys like it will depend on if i get into it or not let's go to the quarterback rankings one through 25 josh allen leading the way um he led the league the last two years in fantasy points of all players can he repeat again uh it's possible that team is looking really good two is patrick Mahomes. i mean he's the best quarterback in all football and i honestly think he has more a Weapons, not better high like high tier ones than he had last year because they lost Tyreek Hill and now he has Juju and MVS and Sky Moore and Justin Ross from Clemson. They don't have as they don't have oh and Miko Hardman of course going to be the next Tyreek Hill. Heard it here first. Um, they don't have the same like god tier weapons with. Yes, they still have Kelsey, but they didn't have Tyree kill that. He was burn him over the top. But they're going to because it's going to be Miko Hardman. I know I just said I want to give everything away, but Miko Hardman's my guy this year. I'm taking him. I'm taking him. And if you don't believe me, you don't have to. He's going to be a league winner. Calling it now. Top 12 receiver this year in fantasy. Top 12. Or it's going to be MVS, actually. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised because he's bigger and not as fast, but close to it. Three, Justin Herbert. Um, he, he he's he's gonna really break out this year and be a top five quarterback. I mean, he already is a top. He could be a top three quarterback when the by the time the league is over, they get the season's over. Um, he's really really good. Um, that Chargers team is looking really really good as well. Keenan Allen, uh, one of the best receivers, fantasy. Um, Mike Williams returns. They add Gerald Everett. He's he runs crisper routes, kind of like a receiver. Um, four is Lamar Jackson. I mean, with his ability to run, he'll always be a top five uh, quarterback candidate for fantasy. Five is weird for me because I hate him as an actual quarterback. I think he's a terrible real quarterback. But for fantasy, that necessarily doesn't matter. Jalen Hurts. 
he can't throw the ball at all. In 15 games, he threw 16 touchdowns. That's not a good quarterback, if you ask me. He's But he runs for a lot of yards. He's a poor man's Lamar Jackson, is what he is. And he's going to get a lot of points. Now, I know I have... I got some guys here lined up next, but I'll explain it in a second. Tom Brady, at six. He's still the GOAT. He's the GOAT. Uh, just, that's just not... That's just undisputable. He's the GOAT. Next, Russell Wilson. I think he's going to start towards the bo- uh, bottom half of the top 10. Maybe he might be... He might just be top 15. Might be 14, 13, 12, whatever to start the year. But once that offense clicks, he's going to be a top 5 quarterback. And then by the end of the year, he'll finish in the top 10. Inside the top 10, between 10 and 5. He's not going to probably go ahead and finish in the top five because I think it's going to take a while for that offense to click. Eight, Kyler Murray. Now, I would have him in front of Brady and Hurts and maybe even Lamar. But with D-Hop out for, for the suspension, serving six games, I believe, or eight. I think it's six. Serving six game suspension for PEDs. Um, I think it was PEDs. I could be talking out of my ass, but I believe it's PEDs. Um, we saw how he was last year without him. I know they went out and traded for Marquise Brown on draft day, but I don't think it's kind of going to be the same. They have another, they don't have a connection yet. Zach Ertz is going to be a huge part of that offense for sure. Um, I like Ertz a lot this year. Um, but yeah, Colin Murray at eight. He still has that running ability. Can't forget it, but that contract situation might be looming over his head a little bit. Uh, nine, Joe Burrow. Um, that offense is so explosive. I can see it taking another step fantasy direction this year. Matt Stafford at 10. Um, they added Allen Robinson. They don't have Odell, but Allen Robinson's a legitimate receiver in this league. And if you disagree, you're wrong. They just didn't use him in Chicago. But then again, at Chicago, he's def- speaking of him, he's definitely going to drop this year on draft boards. On everyone's draft boards, he's going to drop 100%. Derek Carr at 13. I love me some Derek Carr. And he got the best receiver in all of football added to his football team this offseason. Devontae Adams. That's only good news from here. Did I say Aaron Rodgers at 12? I don't know if I did. I'm sorry, at 11. I don't, I don't think I mentioned Rodgers. My bad. Rodgers at 11. Back-to-back MVPs. I have him sliding a little bit just because no Devontae Adams. No MVS, and yeah, I know they drafted Christian Watson from North Dakota North Dakota State, but we haven't seen him play yet, and Alan Lazar is the number two. I, d- I just don't like the receivers there. Um, I'm just, I'm just not, really just not a huge fan. Kirk Cousins at 13. I like Kirk Cousins a lot. Um, he's probably a top 10, top 12 quarterback in the NFL. Non-fantasy. Fantasy-wise, he's yes, he does pretty well. I got Dak Prescott all the way down at 14. He's never finished below top 10. And you might ask, why are you doing that? I'm probably not going to listen to you after that shit that you just said. It's because Michael Gallup's out to start the year. They don't have Cedric Wilson. They don't have Amari Cooper. They only have C.D. Lamb. The offensive line is significantly worse. Ezekiel Elliott is not Ezekiel Elliott anymore. Yeah, Yeah, they got Tony Pollard who might line up in the slot receiver, but the number two receiver is James Washington. No knock on James Washington, but he's not a number two. CeeDee Lamb is 100% going to break out, but 
uh, that's gonna hurt Dak. You might get your your, your annual garbage time point, uh, fan, garbage time fantasy points, and all the fantasy owners think he's a top five NFL quarterback. Stop. Fifteen. I got Deshaun Watson. If he plays, he'll be fifteen. If he doesn't play, he won't obviously be ranked. And then after that, it's kind of like if you if you have any of these quarterbacks, you're either in a dynasty league or a keeper league or you like these players or just taking a chance. I'll go 17 through 25 pretty quick. No explanation. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Justin Fields, Carson Wentz. They're just kind of like, meh. I think Zach can have a good year. He could also have a shoot year. All those guys from... 16 to 25 can have shitty years. Can also break out a little bit. You never know. Carson Wentz not going to get you all those points. Jameis Winston might throw for those touchdowns, but he's going to throw a lot of those pets. Tua might give you a decent amount of touchdowns, but he's going to get you like mid-tier picks, not a lot of yards. Trey Lance is going to get you the rushing yards too. He might get you the touchdowns, but I think he's going to get you the picks as well. So, there's that. I'll just do quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end rankings. I'm not going to do defense and kicker because those are rotational pieces. Those are, honestly, it doesn't matter. I think if you just go in week by week, picking one up after every week, unless you find one like I found last year. I found Pat's defense and Nick Folk to be ridiculously good for me last year. But that's probably not... I mean, it happens every year where defense was supposed to finish first. Like last year, Washington was supposed to have the best defense. They didn't. It was probably the Pats, honestly. And then everyone took Tucker and Bucker or whatever to be their kicker, but it always ends up being someone where, like last year, was Matt Gay and Nick Folk and... Daniel Carlson. Tucker was up there in top five, of course, but he wasn't one. Let's go to running back. Jonathan Taylor is your consensus. Sorry, she had a stroke. Number one overall running back, for sure. Number two, Austin Eckler. He's having a really big year this year. And even if you draft him, you better draft Isaiah Spiller, that backup running back. For sure. Um, I think they're going to get a sp- uh, Spiller in the offense. Even if Eckler isn't hurt. I think they really like him. They used a valuable pick on him. Isaiah Spiller is going to be good. But Austin Eckler is going to have a fantastic year. Derrick Henry's three for me. Um, I think I might switch him with McCaffrey soon. But this is also July 11th. This could definitely change in a month from now. When drafts start happening. Um, Derrick Henry. King Henry. Best running back in all of football. Fantasy, uh, he doesn't catch passes, so it's hard for him in PPR leads. But if it wasn't PPR half or even just half PPR, he'd be really, really valuable. The only reason why Jonathan Taylor's ahead is, yeah, he doesn't catch a ton of passes like Eckler or McCaffrey or Najee or Kamara, whatever, Swift. He's one because he's the most vicious runner besides Derrick Henry in the NFL and, and Nick Chubb probably. And and he just rips off chunks of yards. He rushed for over sixteen hundred yards, I think, last year. He was crazy. He had two thousand scrimmage yards. He was out of his mind. And yeah, he, obviously he finishes the 
number one running back in all fantasy last year. And that's just what's going to happen with the first overall pick. And my buddy Dan's league, Dan, if you're listening, I have the number one pick in your league. And yeah, I'm probably going to keep Josh Allen as my quarterback. Um, we're able to keep one player outside of the first three rounds. So rounds four through 16, we can keep one player and they go in our last round. Um, or anybody that we picked up along the way that went undrafted, whatever. My two choices are Josh Allen and Kyle Pitts. And the reason why I'm taking probably Josh Allen is because there's a possibility that I have the best quarterback and the best running back. And then when I come back around at Pitts 20 and 21, I can get two top 10 wide receivers or a top 10 wide receiver and a, another than a top 15 running back. Like, uh, I, I'm going to have that luxury by keeping Allen. Or I take Taylor at one, which is probably going to happen anyway, unless, God forbid, he snaps his Achilles the first day of training camp. I keep Kyle Pitts. I take Jonathan Taylor. I draft Josh Allen in the second round, a third round, whatever. And then I also take a receiver. It could happen all, th- all four of those ways, but... With Kyle Pitts, I don't like the offense that he's in. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know who's playing quarterback. There's a lot of unknowns there. And yeah, he might get force-fed the ball. He might have a lot of catches. But I don't know if he's going to get in the end zone. And that really makes make, make or break to tight end. Um, CMC's at four. I think he might have a good year. A really, really if he If he plays, he's going to be a league winner. For sure. And when he falls outside the top five and might fall out of a first round. I don't know. It sounds crazy, but people are afraid to take him for his injury history. But when he gets hurt, he only misses four to five games, maybe six. So if he gets hurt early on, early on you'll have him for the playoffs, most likely. Um, but I think they, that off that, that uh, GM, Fitterer, really built that offense around McCaffrey to make sure he stays healthy. They may not feed him as much, with like 25 carries a game, whatever they did him, they might dial it back. And they're probably going to use him a lot in the receiving game, as they always do, passing game. But yeah, Dalvin Cooks, that's five. Um, when he's healthy, he's really, really good. I wanted to put Najee in front of him, but I just couldn't do it. Dalvin Cook is so just so goddamn good when he's healthy, though. That's a problem. And I know if you play fantasy, you know if you take Alvin Cook, you better get Alexander Madison, the backup running back, because he can be a starter on lots of teams in the NFL. Um, even if you got to reach it, you got to do it, because Dalvin Cook is bound to go down. Uh, at six, I got Najee Harris. I think he can finish as the number one running back in all of football this year. Really good in the receiving in the passing game, and very good runner. Um, this guy's kind of like the Derrick Henry, where he doesn't catch a shit ton of passes. Number seven, Nick Chubb. I like Chubb a lot. I mean, I think he's a top three, top five running back in all of football. But for fantasy, he's not as great as the guys in front of him, just for the sole fact factor that he doesn't catch passes. But he's definitely really good. Number eight, Joe Mixon. I like him. Um, I don't know if he's going to have as good of a year as he had last year. But um, he didn't get hurt as, really hurt as much as he usually does. But... I, I hope he doesn't get hurt. At 9, I got Alvin Kamara. I know he's going to serve a suspension. Um, he might drop into the 4th, 5th round of drafts because of that suspension. But he's still a top 10 talent in fantasy. 
Number 10, DeAndre Swift, very, very good receiving back. Really good for fantasy. Catches a shit ton of passes, and he's good in between the tackles, running for those yards as well. Number 11, Javante Williams. I think he's going to have a really, really good sophomore year. Yeah, they brought, yeah the Broncos brought back uh, Melvin Gordon, but I don't think he's going to make too much of an impact. At 12, we got Leonard Fournette. He's he's so good. Uh, but Chris Godwin out f- for the Buccaneers. I think Fournette can get more touches there. I know he's not a receiver, and Godwin is, but with Mike Evans being their number one target in the receiving game, Russell Gage probably being their number two, and Cyril Grayson, there's no Gronk either. I think O.J. Howard left too. So Leonard Fournette's going to get a shit ton of carries. Cam Akers at 13. Coming off that Achilles injury, we saw, uh, injury we saw him in the playoffs. He looked like he never missed a beat. He came back after just like six or eight months of tearing his Achilles out of his mind. James Conner, not a huge fan, but out of all the guys behind him, I can't really see him being behind those guys. Besides maybe J.K. Dobbins, who I have pretty low on this list. But just because he tore his ACL, I don't know how he's going to be. David Montgomery at 15. He, he always just has a good year for fantasy. You might not see him much because he's on the Bears. And I don't think they're going to win many games. They're not going to score many touchdowns. going to be down a lot. He might not be as good. Aaron Jones, I have at 16 just solely because I think A.J. Dillon is going to take his job by the by uh, by Thanksgiving. That's my bold prediction for you. Aaron Jones will lose his starting job by Thanksgiving, which is about week 11 or 12. Antonio Gibson at 17. He's just kind of meh. He gets hurt a lot, but he gets a lot of carries. Ezekiel Elliott at 18 just because it's Zeke. Um, I think if there's always a possibility that he breaks out and gets back into shape and we see old Zeke, but I think that time is dwindling quickly. Saquon Barkley at 19. Um, they got some offensive linemen this year. Drafted Evan Neal. Did they take another one? No, they took Kayvon. Never mind. Um, but I think they're really committed. Brian Dable is really committed to running the football, using him in the slot as well. He can be very, very good for fantasy there. Josh Jacobs at 20. Had a really good year with the Raiders last year. Found, found the ends on a lot. J.K. Dobbins at 21, coming back from that injury. Never know. There's so many running backs I listed. I listed so many. I listed 40. We're not going to go through all of them. I'm going to stop probably after I get to A.J. Eh, Tony Pollard. I can go through all these, honestly. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is going to be really, really good running back this year at 20, uh, ranked 22 for me. I really like Mitchell this year. Debo doesn't really want to play running back anymore, so more carries for Elijah Mitchell. Makes fantasy owners very happy. Could be a very, very good RB2 for you. Rookie running back Brees Hall at 23. He's already been leaked to be reported to be the lead back for the New York Jets. I think he's going to get a lot of carries. I think we're going to try to recreate what San Fran does and have an identity of running the football, running it down your throat, and then on defense, making sure your quarterback can't throw the football. That's what I think they're going to recreate. I think Brees Hall can be a really good number two. He can be a good number two, an insane number three flex play, and possibly a keeper for you. Or very, very good for a dynasty league. Travis Etienne comes back off that ACL to play with Trevor Lawrence once again. I think he's going to be the lead back there. H.A. Dillon at 25, like I said, he's going to be the lead runner for the Packers. 
by Thanksgiving. Damian Harris is at 26. Almost had a thousand yards, had all those touchdowns, had a shit ton of touchdowns, and still was wasn't even a top twenty running back, I believe. It's it's kind of crazy, and that running back room is kind of running back by committee. Whoever's hot, whoever's not fumbling the football, you never really know. Bill Belichick doesn't give a shit how much you make, doesn't care. Uh, what the people see you as, if you can't protect the football, you're not gonna play. Tony Pollard. At 27, that's the last one. Yeah, one more after this. Tony Pollard could definitely be the lead runner for this Cowboys. I think he's going to be probably by week three. I think they're probably just going to give up on Zeke. Zeke might get hurt. That offensive line got worse. It got old. Could definitely see it. Miles Sanders, for a team that runs the football a lot, he doesn't get the ball, which is weird. They added A.J. Brown, too, so that's going to take carries away from him. They like to run the ball with Hurts. They like to throw... Jordan Howe, no, Jordan Howe's not there anymore. Um, Kenny Gainwell in the Mets and whoever the hell they find off the street to throw in the Mets. It's just not Miles Sanders. Nick Sirianni doesn't like using him for some reason. It is what it is. Receiver. You know what? I'm going to see a wide receiver and tight end for next week. I'll, let you, I'll put up a poll on my Instagram. See how you guys liked some of this fantasy stuff. Um, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. I know I just went over a lot of fantasy stuff in a short amount of time. But if you guys like it, I'll continue it. If you don't like it, I won't ever do it again. It is what it is. Hope you guys enjoyed episode 24. And uh, I'll talk to you guys in a week and a half. And two weeks from now, because I'm not going to upload next week. Yeah, two weeks from now. On July. So next week is... From that's Monday is July 18th. The one after that. Oh, Jesus. We're almost in August. Goddamn. When, when training camp starts back up, it's going to be once a week. Told you all that. It's going to stay that way. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace out.